Well, students, we're going to go ahead and do part seven now on our series on spirit-led life. Look with me in Romans chapter eight, verses 14 through 16, if you would. Romans the eighth chapter, verses 14 through 16 says that as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Amen. So children of God certainly can expect to be led by the spirit of God. Notice with me in verse 15, it goes on to say, But you have not received the spirit, spirit of bondage again to fear. Thank God for that. But you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, or Daddy, Daddy. And then verse 16 says, The Spirit itself, I like to say the Spirit himself, because he's the third person of the Godhead, the Spirit himself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So we've been talking about sensitivity to the Spirit of God's leading. And we're looking at some of those keys. Things that we've already looked at is if we're going to purpose in our heart to be led by God, we need to be open to God, obviously. And then we need to be yielded to Him. Yielded to Him. And then the last time we talked about peace. We know that we can follow after peace. God is not the author of confusion, but he is the author of peace. And so in leading and in, in developing your heart to be led by the Spirit of God, understand this, that your spirit man has like a gauge. Amen? And so you need to monitor what is going on on the inside of you. Do you have peace on this situation or do you not have peace? Amen? So these things are vital. Now tonight... We're going to talk about patience. He's not only the God of peace, but he is also the God of patience. He is. In, in uh, Romans 15 and verse 5, it says this, Now the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded one toward another according to Christ Jesus. So we want to deal with the importance of patience connected to being spirit-led. And I know sometimes we can make mistakes by moving too quickly. I heard this statement by a young preacher, Jeremy Pearsons. He said this. He said, we will either spend time preparing or repairing. I'm going to say that again. We will either spend time preparing or repairing. So we want a purpose in our heart never to be rushed, never to yield to fear, never to yield to panic. And so a major key to developing sensitivity to the Spirit of God is patience. And I think it's important that we define what patience is. If you're taking notes, patience is this. It is a cheerful and a hopeful endurance. Another definition of patience could be remaining under. In other words, when you're trying to discern the will of God and be led by the Spirit of God in a certain area, that means you need, you need to stay with it. You need to stay under the spout, if you will. You need to stay under the shadow of the Almighty because it's in the shadow of the Almighty that His presence will permeate your very soul and your very being and you'll be able to ascertain exactly what He's saying to you. And so when it comes to being led by the Spirit of God, we need to stay with it. Amen? Not having this grieving uh, attitude about us. Oh, you know, we're just standing. We're just standing. There's no faith in that. 
Amen. When we believe the Word of God and we stand on the Word of God, there's going to be peace, but there's also going to be joy in your life. So say with me tonight, the joy of the Lord is my strength. So we're talking a little bit about this cheerful endurance. Let me give you a little backdrop on the scripture that we're going to look at. Jeremiah was a mighty prophet used of God. And in the old covenant, they would go to the prophet to hear from God. What is the Spirit of God saying to you concerning our condition? What is the Spirit of God saying to you and how we should be living and how we should be walking? And so we notice this in Jeremiah chapter 42 in verses 2 through 3. It says, Then all the captains of the forces of Johanan, the son of Koreah, and Jezaniah, and the son of Hoshaniah, that's pretty good, and all the people from the least even unto the greatest came near and said unto Jeremiah the prophet, Let we beseech thee our supplication be accepted before you. And pray for us unto the Lord your God, even for all his remnant, for we are left behind, but a few of many, as thine eyes do behold us. Now he's praying, and he's asking them to pray that you would ask the Lord to show us the way wherein we may walk, and the thing that we may do. Do you see it? So they're petitioning the prophet. They're saying, we need you to hear from God on our behalf. So we understand that. Now I want you to notice in verse 7, I think this is very interesting, Jeremiah 42.7. Read it with me if you would be so kind. Ready, read. And it came to pass after 10 days that the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah. Notice with me. And it came to pass the first day? No, no, it didn't come to pass after the second day. Now, Jeremiah was probably cheerfully enduring. He was seeking the Lord on their behalf. But notice with me, he did not get the word from the Lord until after 10 days. So he didn't have it on the first day. And oftentimes when we seek the Lord, you'll not get it by saying, you know, Shandai, Shandai, Simeh, Tama, Botai, I prayed a minute. Now, this is what the Lord is saying. No, we need to spend the time that it takes to wait on God. Now, you don't have to wait on God all day long. There's different times and different avenues, if you will, or different ways of waiting on God. You may wait on God in the morning on your face. You may be laying in bed and waiting on God. You may be, you know, in the kitchen waiting on God. All day long, you can wait on God, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be on your face all day. What that means to me is we can put our spiritual antennas up and we can be looking for what the witness is saying down here in our inner man. Amen. So we need to check up on the inside and don't get weary in well-doing. Don't get weary in your waiting. God will see to it that he gets you the answer that you need. Amen. Now notice with me in Psalm 25. Verses 3, verses 4 and 5. It says, Yes, let none that wait on thee be ashamed. Let them be ashamed which transgress without cause. Now what this is saying to me is this. When we purpose in our heart to wait on God, we will not be disappointed. Say with me, I'll not be disappointed. He will give us the light 
And he will give us the direction that we need. So the time, students, that you spend waiting on God, the time that you purpose in your heart to be led by the Spirit of God is not wasted time. You will not be disappointed. The main thing is you do not want to go by your understanding and by what your mind tells you to do. You need to get your mind quiet enough to where you can hear and sense the voice of the Spirit of God. Notice with me in verse, uh, I think it's verse 2 or 3. He says, show me thy ways, O Lord, and teach me thy paths. Lead me in thy truth and teach me, for thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. Amen. So pray this with me, if you would, please. Teach me thy way, O Lord. Show me thy paths. For you are the God of my salvation. And on you, I set my affections. On you, I wait all the day. Now, how many of you know, if you don't have it yet, you don't have it. So you need to wait until you do have it. And that pays rich dividends knowing that you know that you know down on the inside of you. Amen? And one thing that we want to make sure that we're doing is that that we are waiting in faith. We're waiting in faith. We're not waiting in fear. Well, we've got to have the answer and we're not panicking. No, we're waiting in faith. And one thing that will position all of us to wait in faith is by making the confession of, I hear the voice of the Good Shepherd. And the voice of a stranger I will not follow. Let's say that together. I hear the voice of the Good Shepherd. I follow the leadings of my Good Shepherd. I enjoy the leadings of my Good Shepherd. So wait in faith. Position yourself. Don't say things like, well, I never hear from God. Well, so-and-so hears from God, and this person hears from God, but I don't hear from God. No, you're nullifying the ability to hear from heaven through doubt and unbelief. And so we need then to wait in what? Wait in faith. Amen? In your heart, what you're doing is you're waiting. You're waiting on the Lord. Now, what happens when we get in a hurry? Students, listen to these scriptures very carefully. These are so vital and they are so very important. What happens when a person gets in a hurry? Well, Proverbs chapter 19 and verse 2 and 3 from the NLT tells us a little bit about this. It says this, Enthusiasm without knowledge is no good. For haste makes mistakes. Haste makes mistakes. I can hear... Brother Hagin saying this, you know, years ago, years ago, he would teach on being led by the Spirit of God, and he would say this phrase, He that believeth shall not make haste. Say that with me. I am a believer, and I shall not make haste. Amen. So again, this verse, Enthusiasm without knowledge is no good, for haste makes mistakes. Now notice in verse 3. People ruin their lives by their own foolishness and they get angry at the Lord. 
you know, attitude like this. Well, how could God allow this? How could God do this? God didn't allow it. We allow it, right? And so we do not want to have that kind of attitude toward the Lord. And if you know that you missed it, just admit it and quit it and don't blame God. Why? Because God's for you. He's not again you. He's doing everything and has done everything that he can to make his leadings available to you. Now, in Proverbs 21 and verse 5, now this is from another translation. And this translation is called the Passion Translation. It says this, Brilliant ideas pay off and bring you prosperity. How many of you are for some prosperity in your life? But notice the flip side, but making hasty impatient decisions will only lead to financial loss how about that and so again we are instructed in the word of god to not allow ourselves to be impatient but rather to be patient you see in your patience you will possess your soul if we're impatience if we're impatient our soul kind of goes haywire but if we have a cheerful confident expectation enthusiasm toward hearing from God, I'll tell you what, we will not have to experience financial loss. Not only that, but we won't have to experience loss in any area. Why? Because you and I, we're led by the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God always leads us into joy. He always leads us into victory. Come on, somebody. He always leads us into triumph. So again, I'm going to read this verse. It says, brilliant ideas pay off and bring you prosperity, but making hasty, impatient decisions will only head to financial loss. Of course, this applies to every area of our life. It can apply to being hasty in a relationship, be hasty in investments, all sorts of areas. But thank God, you and I are the faithful, right? How about you students? Are you the faithful? The Bible says a faithful man is going to abound with blessings. But he who is in a hurry to be rich will not go unpunished. So we do not want to move too quickly. We want to check our peace gauge. We want to check our patience gauge. Now look over at Psalm 37 now. You guys listen so good. Psalm 37. Let's take a look at some more scriptures tonight. It says... Rest in the Lord at beginning in verse 7 through 9. Then we'll drop down to verse 23 and then verse 37. It says, Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any way to do evil, for evildoers shall be cut off, but those that wait upon the Lord, what will they do? They shall inherit the earth. Now notice verse 23. This is talking about you. This is talking about me. This is talking about all of us. Let's read verse 23 together. Ready, read. The steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Amen. Then That's a good thing to say, isn't it? My steps are ordered of the Lord. He has seen to it that I'm always in the right place, at the right time, doing the right things, saying the right things with the right people. And not only that, He's keeping me from the wrong places. 
doing the wrong things, saying the wrong things with the wrong people. Amen. Your steps, my steps are ordered by the Lord. Every step we take every day is ordered by our commander in chief, the head of the church, the Lord Jesus Christ. He's watching over our way and he knows the steps that we should take. Say it again, real strong, my steps, they are ordered of the Lord. Now notice the next verse. I think we had one more verse that says, Mark the perfect man. Well, it's not talking about Mark Hankins or Mark Brzee or Mark Thomas. No, it's talking about, mark it down. Mark the perfect man and behold the upright for the end of that mean man is peace. So here's what he's saying is fret not, stay cool. He's the God of peace. He's the God of patience. And he will undergird your faith as you're waiting. Years ago, Kenneth Copeland had a great word about faith and patience. He called it the power twins. That when your faith was kind of having a tendency a little bit to kind of, you know, tilt like a bridge does sometimes, that the force of patience comes along and undergirds that faith. Amen? So God is undergirding your faith, your expectation with his patience. Amen. Now we're going to look at a couple of illustrations from the life of Jesus concerning this. Now, you're not opposed to illustrations from Jesus, are you? Not at all. In John chapter 8, let's look at, at that these verses uh, tonight. John, the 8th chapter. It says, And early in the morning he came again into the temple, and all the people unto him, and he sat down, and he taught them. Everyone say, he taught them. And then, there was a group of people called the scribes and the Pharisees. And what did they do? Well, they brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. How in the world did they know that she was an adulteress? They must have been looking around. And when they had set her in the midst, they said unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery. You can just hear the viciousness and the meanness and the wrong spirit that they were demonstrating. Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses, in the law, he commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? What are you saying? And they said this for this reason. They were tempting him that they might have something to accuse him of. So we see here, right, very clearly, they tried to put the master in a corner by pressuring him to make a decision on the spot. To make a decision right now. Their attitude was, come on, preacher. But notice that Jesus didn't yield to the pressure he resisted the pressure very interesting and so I want to say this to you students and to those of you that are here tonight don't let pressure push you let's say that together don't let pressure push you now let's personalize that and say this I will not allow the pressures of life 
and making decisions to push me. Now let's continue following out. It is raining. Praise the Lord. That gives me a few more minutes, hopefully. It says, but Jesus, next verse, stooped down and with his finger started writing on the ground as though he heard them not. He wasn't really paying attention to what he was saying. So he's on his his knees there and he's writing, he's writing. We could say this, that he's waiting, he's waiting. He knew that his father was going to give him the wisdom that he needed to answer them. Amen. It pays to wait. It pays not to be so immediately responding. Amen. Because how many of you know sometimes we can respond in the wrong way? All right? And so he's waiting and he's waiting. He's, he's trusting. He's believing that his father is going to give him a word for this particular situation. Amen? Now, it says, and when they continued to ask him, I mean, they're trying to bring it up to another level. They just said, okay, preacher, come on. They continued asking him. He lifted up himself. You can just about see a little grin come on his face. He lifted up himself from being down on the ground. And he said, he that is without sin, let him first cast a stone at her. Man, that's the wisdom of God. How many of you know God will give you wisdom in your situation? Whatever your situation may be, you can trust that the wisdom of God will be there for you if you'll just wait for it. And to do that, we need to be cool, we need to be calm, and we need to be collected. Right? Now let's continue to follow this along. And again he stooped down and he he wrote on the ground. Some preachers said he was probably writing their sins on the ground. I don't know about that. But he stooped down and he wrote on the ground. And they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the oldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. Can't you just see it? And when Jesus had lifted up himself... And saw nobody there but the woman. He said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? And she said, No man, Lord. And here's what Jesus said. Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. How loving. How merciful. How gracious. The accusers all left out. One by one. And then Jesus in her are standing there. Can't you just sense the love of God coming through his eyes and coming through his voice? I'm not here to condemn you. Now go now and sin no more. Oh, I love that. But we need to see the principle here. Pressure was there, but he didn't yield to the pressure, right? And so every one of us are going to face these tests in life. Well, I don't need to ask for a show of hands, but how many here could testify you've already faced several tests of this kind of pressure before? All of us have. 
But I want you to notice, when we're talking about tests, here's what James said concerning tests. Okay? And I think it's James chapter 1 and verse 2. He says here, My brothers, that includes sisters too, my brothers, count it all joy when, when what? When you fall into divers temptations. Okay? In the context of tonight, count it all joy when the pressure's on. Count it all joy. Now notice the next verse. Praise the Lord. Notice it doesn't, let's let's go back there. Let's go back to verse 2. Notice it doesn't say, my brethren, battle with darkness. No. Get all woe is me. You know, I'm just under this heavy pressure. No. He said, count it all joy. Amen. Can you count it all joy? Can you rise up and say, ha, God's on the throne. His word is true. God will show me exactly what to do. Say with me, God's on the throne. His word is true. And he's showing me exactly what to do. Hallelujah. Praise God for that. Now notice verse 3. He said here, knowing this, that when your faith is squeezed, (laughs) when the trying of your faith is taking place, what happens? Your faith worketh. What does it work? It works patience. And what is the result when patience comes along and helps you in the midst of that kind of a test? The next verse says, you shall be perfect and entire, lacking nothing. Come on, somebody. You shall be perfect and you shall be entire and you'll lack nothing. So when you employ patience in the midst of a test, it will undergird your faith and you'll go from that place perfect and entire, wanting nothing. You'll be able to say, my good shepherd, hallelujah, he is my shepherd and I shall not want. I shall not want for joy. I shall not want for direction. Amen. Can you shout with me just a moment? How about you students? Can you shout right where you're at, whatever nation you're at? Can you give God praise? The Lord is our shepherd. Hallelujah. He leads us beside the still waters. He makes us lie down in green pastures. Amen. Woo! His way for your life is perfect. Amen. Now, another great example of this is found in John chapter 11. This is the story of Lazarus who had died. And we begin in verse uh, 1. It says, Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, from uh, the town of Mary and sister Martha. And it was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sister said unto him, Lord, behold, whom you love is sick. Okay, so he was sick. He hadn't died yet. And when Jesus heard of it in verse 4, He said, this sickness is not unto death. I like that, don't you? But for the glory of God. He knew something they didn't know. I said, he knew something they didn't know. He said, this sickness is not unto death, but it's for the glory of God. Amen? In other words, things are going to turn around. 
So he knew that on the inside. He had a knower, knowing down in his knower that everything was going to be okay. He said, this sickness is not unto death, but it is for the glory of God that the Son of, may be, the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now, God doesn't get glory through sickness and disease. He gets the glory of the outcome of the healing when the disease is removed. Come on, somebody. Now, in verse 5, note, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he revved the car up. He got the donkey rolling. No, he stayed there two days. He stayed there for two days where he was. So he loved him so much, he was sick, and he stayed there for two days. Tilt! Even though Jesus loved him greatly, he was not going to allow himself to be pressured. You hear? Verse 7. Then after this, after a couple days, he said to his disciples, Okay, let's go to Judea again. Now let's go. I want to say this to you. I believe that one of the greatest keys to experiencing the glory of God in your life, in your ministry, is not allowing yourself to be pressured by people, be pressured by money, or to be pressured by circumstances. Amen? Thank you, Lord. You can press through that pressure. Just keep on keeping on. Preading toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God. And so here's our point tonight. Many times people move too quickly because they get pressured by the clock. Now you may be as a student tonight, and this is my last point, and you, you that are here tonight, you may be at a crossroads in your life where a decision needs to be made. How many of you are there right now, you students? And here's what wisdom says. Wisdom says, wait for it. How many of you know the phrase, wait for it? Wait for it? Wait for what? Wait for a word. Wait for a witness. Wait for a knowing. Wait for the wisdom of God. People say, well, Lord, give me a sign, give me a sign, give me a sign. You know, I believe in signs. But more often than not, what signs do, signs confirm the word you already have. Signs confirm the witness you already have. Signs confirm the wisdom that he's already given you. Amen. Amen. What we need is a word. We need a witness. Amen. And so I want to encourage you to wait for the wisdom of God because the wisdom of God will get you exactly where you need to be. And you'll be on time every time, all the time. Can you all say to God be the glory? Amen. Praise the Lord. Students, we love you. God bless you. Have a great day. Let's all stand to our feet. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Just some food for thought tonight. I hope you got something out of it. Anybody get anything out of it? Praise the Lord. Well, two or three you did anyway. No, I'm kidding. Praise the Lord. Amen. Pastor Tom, if you'd come and we're going to go ahead and receive the offering. We want you to know also that in every service, the altar is always open. It's always open. So if there's needs of healing, salvation, and filling of the Holy Spirit, 
Whatever the case may be, some encouragement. Maybe you're just saying, you know, I need to make a decision. Would you just agree with me? I absolutely will. I'd be glad to. Amen? Raise your hand toward heaven and thank God for his word tonight. What a beautiful service we had. What a wonderful time we had in praise and in worship. Man, it was so, so, so good. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's say it twice for the Lord is good. And his mercy endures forever. For the Lord is good, and His mercy endureth forever. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. The Spirit of the Lord uh, impressed in my heart that there's going to be quick turnarounds on the seeds that you've been sowing. Amen. We heard a testimony yesterday of a person that got an unexpected check in the mail for $1,000. And I think the seed that she sowed was $1,000. That's a quick turnaround. Amen. I've got my bobblehead testimony. Praise the Lord. Hey, God's moving on your behalf, isn't he? He's moving on your behalf. Expect it. Keep your faith out there. Amen. One of the things the Holy Ghost uh, impressed me with, angels, angels, angels. Everyone say angels, angels, angels. Woo, how the angels at work. The angels are at work bringing the money in, bringing the people in, bringing the the people to your business. The angels are working. He's out there influencing things in the background, things you cannot see with your natural eye, but he is working. If you will keep your faith on the line and you will declare regularly, the angels are working, causing good things to happen to come to my life, it shall come to pass. Amen. Woo, glory to God. Are they not all ministering spirits? They're sent forth to minister for you. You're an heir of salvation. The Bible says they love to keep His commandments. They excel at keeping His commandments. And they hearken unto the voice of His word. And if they hearken unto the voice of His word, when His word is in your heart and coming out of your mouth, He hearkens unto the voice of God's word coming out of you and through you. Hallelujah. Amen. Angels are working. He's working. He is working. He is working. And we're not going to take our faith off the line. I got up this morning and I went down into the living room. We have a nice little carpet down there with, you know, kind of wood floors or whatever the case may be. And I was reminded, you know what? You'd receive that great, wonderful manifestation of 550,000. But don't stop dancing now. You know, don't stop dancing now. In other words, stay on the dance floor. Hallelujah. Stay on the dance floor. Stay on the dance floor. Stay on the dance floor. Kick your legs a little bit. Shout a little bit. Hallelujah. Stir yourself up. Not for only for what he has done, but for what he is doing. Come on, somebody. And what he will do. Amen. Stay on the dance floor. Stay in faith, stay in joy, stay in praise, stay in shouting, stay on the dance floor. Hallelujah. Amen. How about you, Sister Thomas? You got a little kick in your leg? Woo! Glory, good. Amen. Well, we're going to receive an offering tonight, amen, for the glory of God, for the advancement of the kingdom of God. We're reaching, we're healing, we're maturing. We're heating up the vision right now. We're working. We're praying. God is moving right now in your life. So we prophesy over your life. Increase. Praise God.
and increase in, in ability to be led by the Spirit of God. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, Brach, pray in the Holy Ghost a minute. That's right. Thank you, Lord. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, thank you, Father, for those divine appointments that are out ahead for your people. Supernatural intervention into their lives. Mm. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for uh, even not only healing miracles, but also provisional miracles for your people. For promotions and just, just everything God's got for me. Raise your hands and say, everything you have, Lord. Everything you have for me. Everything you have. I'm open. And I receive all that you have. All that you want to do in me and through me. And it shall be for your glory. And for your honor. In Jesus' name. Glory to God. Thank you for that harvest that's out there, Lord. Mm-hmm. A mighty harvest. Mighty harvest. Oh, we pray over the harvest right here in Hayward and San Leandro, San Lorenzo, Castro Valley, Fremont, Oakland. That harvest, Lord. Mm, Kalabasa. Thank you, Lord, that you're giving us insight and concepts, ideas on how to better reach our community, how to better reach into our harvest here. We believe we receive it. We believe we receive it. We pray in, we pray out the mysteries of the Holy Ghost. Just go ahead and pray in the Spirit just for maybe 60 seconds or so about the harvest. Glory to God. Mighty harvest. Mighty God. Mighty God. Mighty God. Yeah, Lord. Alignment. 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 Alignment, alignment, alignment. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Thank you, Lord. Oh, supernaturally. By your spirit, in Jesus' name. Pasotea. 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 Ha pastola barinde pastora manise de la mandra. Oh, menise que maha. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. You got something to pray out, Nance? You're good? Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Glory. Every one of us, every one of you, every one of you are vessels. Vessels of honor, vessels of glory, meet able for the master's use. Ah, master's use. Aramataya. Thank you for using us, Lord, even in a greater way. In Jesus' name.